nerds by, by nature. nature. It's in our it's in our DNA. Okay, hold it's on. in our DNA. <laughs> hey, nerds! Here at the Nightlight Podcast, we may be playing a game, but we are definitely not for kids. Crude jokes and language abound, and parental discretion is advised. Welcome to our first episode of Lights Out. This is a post-arc show that we're going to start doing after every arc of the Nightlight Podcast. This particular one is episode one, taking place after episode 11 of the Nightlight Podcast, where we finish the Voyager Gallows arc. And for this first Lights Out, I'm going to be kind of leading the discussion, asking a few questions I had toward the guys and vice versa. But we're pretty much going to be kind of going into uh, each of our own opinions, feelings, and emotions about this particular arc and our excitement and ideas we have moving forward. So... I'm just going to kick it off and throw it to the group right now, like a general question after that last battle. How is, how's everyone feeling? What's your takeaway from the finishing of our initial arc of the show? I want to start, be real with you, just to, just to get this out. The yeah. whole time I was scared. I mean, I just knew what you, I was scared, scared of what? <laughs> bro, I was on death's door like like twice. Like, bro, like I didn't want to die. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be real with you. My character is almost like it's a it's a burst type character, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if I use up all my shit, I'm almost dead weight. Like I have normal attacks, but if I ever need to evade, in which case that's what I want to specialize in, like evasion, like illusion and and being like, you know, out of the way. Like if I ever want to do that, like, you know, that very last battle. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have, honestly, I shouldn't have, like, shadow stepped all the way over to her and killed her because that used up all my mana. And yeah, I you was were, basically, you, like, running. You you were defenseless to someone that had a giant boxing glove. Right. You, you, you know said it saying? earlier in an episode when I first teased that there was a mantis shrimp enemy. You're like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm glad you said something because I'm not going to get knocked the fuck out by a giant mantis shrimp. <laughs> Exactly, and then guess what the fuck I did? I fought a giant you ass like, like, what the? I didn't even jinx it. I was just a dumbass that night. Like, you know what? I'm gonna go fight this motherfucker. Like, why? Why? Why, why did I do versus that? Versus blood was boiling, man. You just, I'm, uh, you, you even said it yourself. I should have slit that guy's throat. You like, I'm sure you were putting some onus on, or at least versus was. You know, there's a there's a heated battle. Your friends were on the line, and. Part of you felt like you could have stopped it if you just put morals aside. You know, in the long run, you did the right thing. Maybe. Maybe. Immediate. <laughs> you like, at the cost of what? I mean, that's what it means to be a hero. I'll still slit somebody's throat. But, I mean, you got to do what you got to <laughs> do, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. I was scared the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's like my first time doing all this stuff. So, it's like, hey, let's make a decision here. And then I made the decision. But it's like, I can't back out now. So, I'm like fighting this giant-ass mantis shrimp. And then I'm yeah, like, that's you know. Balls- I mean, it's a ballsy move for being your first character. Um, what would you, I mean, how would how, what would you have done if he died? Like, how, I'm sure that would have hit you hard. No, nah, I mean, honestly speaking, like you live with the you live with the decisions that you make. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a consequence no to everything that you do. Yeah, no regrets. <laughs> Not a single letter. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like one of those things where it's like, all right, I, I mean, you got your character killed. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a way to get him back. But if there's not, I mean, I have plenty of like, you know, character ideas, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's not like, you know, if my character dies, it's like, oh, shit, you know, I might have to you know, like live with that shit because like, that's why I don't play Mortal Kombat because like, you know, <laughs> I get ripped in half in the fatality. I'm like, damn, I, I just dis, 
I, I'm like, fuck, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just <laughs> it's disrespected brutal. The whole, and, and I disrespected it, the whole character. So it's like, I don't want to play as you no more. You know what I'm saying? I suck as you. I need to find a better character. So, <laughs> I mean, and it would have, I mean, there's always pros and cons. Like, those those moments really make for the story. We don't want it every time. We don't want a Sarah getting chopped in half every episode, especially when it's someone we'd care about, like, versus in a final battle. But, I mean... I'm sure that would have hit Roll and Melage hard too. I mean, yeah. Melage still firmly believes that nothing that happens in this past is gonna stay. So <laughs> he would have oh. died. <laughs> like you know, you you, you can't die. You can't die. His head get punched the fuck off, and you, you just would have been like, die. oh okay. He has a whole Melage's got a whole diagram in his compendium that tells you exactly how time travel works, and you can't die in the past. It's just it's not possible. So oh, it's definitely died. gonna be Patreon content that the uh, Melage's compendium. Hey man, are y'all like gonna draw in like a notebook and like scan the shit? Like, <laughs> There's hey, a lot sick. of empty pages that are left open for whatever else we got in store. So that's plenty true. Of, plenty of stuff gonna be in this compendium. How about you, Nick? Yo, low key, I was scared, man. I was like worried. <laughs> Did you guys for, think you were gonna win that fight? I thought that we were gonna win the fight against the generals and then end up having to fight the Leviathan. Mm. So mm. I got a question for you. Did you? Or when did you come up with the idea of us not having to fight the Leviathan? Like, did you already have it in place and then we made friends with the fish folks so you decided to have them help us out? Or how'd that play out? So, uh, originally, before you pulled some awesome shit and crossed the bridge, it was meant to be more of a scare tactic. Like, he was going to get a couple rounds on you guys while you're trying to run into this cave across, like, the bridge was going to, you're going to get washed off the bridge and stuff. That was my plan. But, obviously, I just reshuffled and uh, my idea was the Leviathan would start attacking, kind of weaken you guys before this fight with the generals, and then the fish folk would come in and kind of hold them off. But then I kind of readjusted, and if you guys just smashed and demolished my awesome generals, um, I was going to have the Leviathan fight continue. And if you did, like, it was kind of even like it was. It felt pacing-wise, it felt right for you guys to be fighting it I think it ended up working out perfect, honestly. Like, I felt a bit overwhelmed with everybody that we were facing. And then on top of that, like, having to fight the Leviathan. Same thing with the dragon. Like, it was like, oh, we, like, you know, fought Turk and we won. And it's like, buddy turned into a fucking dragon. Like, <laughs> like I yeah. thought we were going to have to fight that shit. And I did not think we were prepared for that. So I think you did a pretty good job of, like, yeah. creating tension there. But then finding ways where we're like, oh, like, we're a part of this, like, grand kind of scheme but we don't necessarily mm -hmm. aren't involved in every piece of it so even going further back then before the parlay my thought process was that these generals they were a lot weaker than when i had planned it out but this was a couple weeks was it was going to be like a leveling boss fight like you were going to get to Tarek, and then he was going to be the final boss so then i made him fight in human form first you guys and then we rewarded you for beating him, like for not killing him and stuff, it, it affected the story in a much more positive way and it always works out. But that's kind of how the juggling goes. Like, I don't know, are you going to fight Tark? Are you going to try to negotiate and then go after the hostages while someone does something? You know, I don't know. You know, just shadow step like, okay, cool. We were behind the rocks. He didn't see us anyway. Um, you know, I have no idea how you guys are going to play it. That and parlay that's, that's was out of left fun. field, but it worked. It was. Yeah, I'm glad you did it at the, it was a perfect cliffhanger because it gave me a week to be like, fuck, I don't know how this is going to play out. But this that's the whole fun of this, right? That's the whole fun of telling the story. 
Was there ever a chance where we could actually compromise with Tart? Short of like rolling an absolute rock. When I first planned this arc, it was I had a threshold. So like that very at the very end of this whole arc was exper- like set up for me to practice and for you guys to practice, right? But also for it to be engaging. And so this whole positive negative effect of role playing, I wanted to really come out at the very end. And I wanted to set up a system for that. So you guys felt like, oh, you start realizing it starts clicking that everything I say and do in character is tangible and affects this world. So to answer your question in a very long way, once you guys killed those lizard folk, and it's partially my fault, I think, for leading you guys that way, but it played into prejudice. Oh, they're monsters. Kill them. Bop. That's kind of what I was going for. It really made it hard. Uh, I rolled behind the scenes, and it had to basically be a crit fail for him to stand down for a bit before Redbeard came. And then you worked with the hat pretty well. The parlay slowed things down. That was kind of the benefit of the parlay is it stopped Tarek from being with his generals and split up the fight for you guys. You had a chance to heal afterwards, etc. Because most dungeons, you don't get the chance to do that. And, you know, we're adding this whole new system. So balancing was kind of a thing. It's exciting. Like, I think we all have done a really good job of, like, using our imagination to come up with some pretty cool shit. Um, And I can't wait to see what else we have in store. I know one thing, though, um, Nick, you are going to have to get Anthony and (laughs) Anton, like, in order, bro. Because right now they are a burden. (laughs) You need to throw them motherfuckers out, dog. You need to switch with a bear, a fucking gator, some shit. You need to train. He did save us on that first beach. He, he did, did. damage. He but did. after that, and it was just all downhill. After that, he just didn't give a it's fuck. It's just unlucky right? rolls, man. Yeah, yeah, man. It is. I don't know what they do. But even if they do hit, I mean, the hawk doesn't really do much. The hawk is really there to boost my range and Yeah, perception. and I mean, but we we that's the whole fun of the system we're doing is if that feels like something you want to work on, we can add it to the skill tree. Like training with Anthony is something role-playing we do off-screen quote unquote, like the story, it happens, but you're putting a talent tree in something that's like Anthony's spirit grows bigger. He becomes from a hawk to like an eagle and eagles have bigger talents. I don't know. Fuck it. That's the reason the system is a little wonky number wise when we do things, but is a lot more fun overall, I think, for us as players and storytelling in general. Well, I think that's what's cool about what you do as a DM is you're, you know, you're so much more about fun rather than function. And Mm -hmm. it's basically, you know, we use the rules as a framework, but if it's more fun or if, you know, you think something just cool, it's just like, fuck the rules. And I think not only like we appreciate that as players, but I think also our listeners will appreciate it even more going back and listening instead of, you know, what, what I've heard to be a lot of people's D and D experience, which is, you know, people getting, in the weeds about the rules and getting arguments over the rules and getting bogged down and stuff. It's like, I understand if people want to play that way, I get why, but at the same time, like, you know, we're here to have fun. And I think that you do a great job of uh, facilitating that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I think we, I want the balance to be there where it feels like when we're in combat, there's a set, there's enough of a set amount of rules that it feels like they're, there's organization like you're not just going through the motions we're not kids in the playground like oh yeah and i pull out my laser beam and you're like well the laser beam doesn't work on me because i have laser beam armor you know i don't (laughs) i don't want that into the combat but at the same time i want ahead of time if we all agree hey we could both have laser beams then it's even you know um i i think it's a balance between the two and we're learning how to strike it well 
and you guys have been, and thank you for the compliment to me, but more than anything, each episode, it's been amazing how much you've grown as role players. Like, have you noticed, are you getting more comfortable or do you guys actively see your, have to like force yourselves to be in character or is it just clicking? Um, I'll be real with you. I, it clicks, but I still have to like cut it off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to cut myself on and off. And and it's weird because like I want to play my character as if like I'm me mm-hmm. because like, you know, that's what, that's the funny, that's the, that's the seriousness and all that stuff. But I, at the same time, I have to think like, I don't want to get my character killed. You know what I'm yeah, saying? But then I yeah. also want good content. You know what I'm saying? I want great content. So let's fight a big ass fucking mantis. Yeah. Like, well, like, and that's why I'm not going to like... So it's a very minimal, I've decreased the chances. That's the whole inspiration system and stuff is you're telling your own story, right? I I don't think it's fun to listen to like someone be like, oh man, that'd be so cool if I went in, was the hero and slayed him. Is that what Versus would do? Oh, is risking it? You know, like if Versus really felt emotional in that moment, that is the, like, and it almost works into the world that we're dealing with. Like your whole powers come from your soul. So, like, manifesting your beliefs and your emotions into reality, I think, works for the whole inspiration. I give a lot of advantages. I, like, try actively to come up with ways to be like, oh, wait, Ryan, you would have advantage because of sneak attack. Like, sometimes it's rules, but sometimes it's like, you know what? The sun was in Tarek's eyes, so he didn't see you guys when you shadow stepped into the arena, you know? Um, I definitely encourage that, and I think you guys are getting better about like you said, flicking that switch on and off when you need to, but it feeling natural. I think it works too, though, because I mean, when I think about verses and role, like in b- both of them almost, you know, it was funny because even at the beginning of this, they talked about being scared. And I was like, <laughs> that wasn't something that I was, you know, even remotely concerned about. And I think it plays into Milaje's like childlike nature. Um, and even thinking in the way that he approaches situations where he mm. just goes in sometimes, it's like, fuck thinking about it you know like we're not going to sit here and weigh the risk do this do that like I'm here to like fight and have a good time um, and I think that plays well and I think it plays well for you versus and even you roll uh, because you guys are older and you you know have more experience so you're weighing the experiences of your life of like wow like this is a moment where we really could die and that is something that you do have to take into consideration versus me where I'm a little bit more carefree because I do have that childlike nature about me and I feel like towards the end, we got to a point where even some of me was rubbing off on you guys where you're like, fuck it, let's just do it. Um, and I think it ended up working pretty well for all of our characters. <laughs> I, I agree. And I think I've also taken inspiration from some of the other pod- podcasts as well that we've listened to, like Dungeons mm. and Daddies. I don't know. You may have to bleep that out if we don't allow no, to say I don't, that. No, we don't but, have to. We're, we're promoting them. Okay. What are, well, yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of Dungeons and Daddies. They make things, they make decisions that are in the moment. Huge kind of fan. Impulsive. But really funny, and yeah. uh, they take big and, risks, and that's and Anthony doesn't. He works to make the story, and this is, I mean, it's good storytelling in general. Like that's what I try to model off of is other people uh, that I respect. I mean, on top of my own, but he works with those. He's like, I'm not going to punish that. It's a yes ending, right? But I'm also there's consequences to it that could make for more funny moments. You know, uh, the whole scam likely came from a joke. You know, I plan on doing those things like um, you made those. Uh, I, I This kind of leads into my next idea of like, what were your favorite quirks coming out of this role playing so far versus in his Tim's and Fitty Cap like was a joke. But I would love to 
there's going to be a clothing store in Rockport that if Versus wants to go into, he can and help. Maybe it'll end up being a lovable NPC or maybe it's just a store you go into. But I think that's the fun part of we just coming up with stuff. You know, we're having fun. No, please make that NPC like almost going to be like my personal dresser. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to go up in there and I might have like a new outfit. Yeah, a tailor. Like, personal dresser. I might have a new outfit. Like, I'm like right now. I'm sorry, Justin. Damn. Like, I'm sorry for like the wrong verbiage. Okay. Okay. Feast occasion, remember? Actually, he's he's both. Thank you very much. He can dress and cut hair. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, I might have braids one day, you know what I'm saying? The other day, I might just have a poof ball on top oh, of my Oh, like a... And I might have like a Like you're in Grand Theft you know Auto, you like, just go to the barbershop and change your haircut. Two minutes. you could go from hey, being bald to having corn rolls in like 20 <laughs> I mean, seconds. Hell yeah. What, what are, for you guys, like, what are some of your favorite quirks that you have come out of, you know, just feeling like playing with the character, joking around, but it's become part of them? Um, this isn't necessarily something for me, but I crack up every time Nick does something with a role that has to do with tracking and it being the most ridiculous thing. Um, and I just love that I can play off that. Like I'm so, you know, I look at him as like, I don't think role model is the right word, but like it's I, it's somebody that I've like started to look up to as Melage. And so I think the stuff that he does is pretty cool. Um, so I love being able to follow suit with the ridiculous things that he does to like track people and stuff. So that's probably my favorite. Like, quirk I, I think that that's a really fun quirk with. from a, like, yeah, it was a twofer there. And that's kind of what I'm asking. Like it, it can be anyone's quirk, but you as Melage being this kind of, you know, trying to understand the world and you end up, it, it it's only been specifically role, which kind of works out, I think, story-wise, but you copy his quirks and they all end up being funny quirks. So it's like a twofer every time. I love it. it it's probably one of my favorite bits. Melage's compendium was another one, but that's just because the whole compendium thing made me feel very pretentious, at the, but at the same time, it was really funny. I really want to see like a real compendium. Like I, I really want to see it. Definitely gonna have. <laughs> I, I definitely to gonna have one. Definitely gonna have. Please, one. Yeah. and it has to have stick figures. It has to have. I stick mean, that's like, the only thing I know how to draw. So that's, a, oh, you're bit. that's yeah. exactly that what you like at this point in the story. Hilarious. So like, I want to see. We that. could. I kind. It kind of like hints toward what's gonna happen next a little bit in character. Like role and versus finally have to dress what's going on with Melage and Melage himself is starting to put stuff together. I mean, one of the big things I think for Melage going into the next arc is like coming to terms and recognizing the fact that like there's something going on that he's not necessarily in control of and, and how does he grapple with that? So you, you kind of addressed this earlier and like not just mental growth with Melage, but what are you hoping to see from each other's aspects in the future? I know you're talking about Anthony earlier, Um, but just in general, like in this last combat, like what you guys think you're lacking or what would be cool to see from what you've seen so far and expended upon. And this isn't like a jab at anyone. It's just more of like, oh man, oh, that no, was really no, no, cool no. when you This did is this. a jab. Roll, you need better pets. I need a pterodactyl. <laughs> I need a fucking bear. I need somebody that's going to do shit. A silverback fucking Go hunt. Like, hey, I need something. Uh, Nick, I did have a really cool idea that popped into my head when I was thinking about your hawk and your wolf, but I thought it would be pretty fucking awesome if you like powered yourself up and got like spectral arrows and you like shot these arrows and like mid-fly 
flight, it could change into like a hawk, which would change the direction of a, the arrow completely. And then it could like go a completely different way and hit somebody else. I just thought that would be pretty cool of like, you could mm-hmm. maybe have like some spectral arrows that interchange between your oh, wolf and cool. your hawk. So they it miss. was just an idea. No, no, fuck that. They miss. The hawk is going to miss. The wolf ain't going to bite <laughs> shit. Like, bro, no, no. Make it turn into a silverback gorilla that just a skinny ass arrow, all of a sudden a big ass gorilla just and like beat somebody's head in. Like, do that. Please do that. A gorilla would be cool. Hell would, yeah, that would be fucking sick. A, a gorilla. I've also thought about <laughs> stealing uh, stealing Justin's idea from our high school zombie campaign and having some arrows that maybe could ricochet and hit like multiple times oh. if I succeed on certain Oh, don't make me bring back my Ursma sticks. That's going to be fun <laughs> is like, aside from aspects, something you guys haven't gotten to really do and explore is things like that. I have Gunther, this like gnome engineer, and he's going to be the kind of guy that you go to that in between maybe mini quests and stuff, you pitch him ideas and he'll try to make something for you for a certain price. So like arrows like that, he could definitely come up with like a shrapnel arrow or something. Sidebar, because uh, Nick just brought up a memory. I like hadn't thought about the zombie high school in a while. So to basically prepare for this podcast, we played like a little mini campaign where we were high school kids in a zombie apocalypse. And it was fucking awesome. Like, are we going to release that as Patreon? Like, do you still have the recordings of that, Scott? What happened was someone's audio completely didn't go one of the episodes. It was like episode two. I don't remember who's. So it just, if we do it, I think we should do another one that takes off of like maybe the characters or some other, like you can come up with different, like I like the scenario enough that I think it was, you know, it was, no one would want to listen to that one in all honesty. It was fun for us to play, but it was a shit show of learning, not just mm. for you guys, for me, because I've DM'd ish, but I haven't DM'd to the point where I felt like confident to do this podcast. Hell, I still don't, but we're going with it and I'm having fun. So, <laughs> you know. I think you'd be surprised uh, what people want to listen to. Maybe later on down yeah. the road, once we have a, a strong fan base that probably won't get turned off by that, we yeah. can introduce the, the zombie high school yeah. and take it all the way back to when we first started. I really want to mess up my Italian accent. Yeah, you got to work on your accent. You got to work on that. You either got to. So, here's you either need to like. Don't do the accents like during the thing and go back and record over and do the oh, accents do. or just don't do or just don't do them at all. No, I, I <laughs> you do. You are all over the place. I do. I, I have I've been redoing like Jar Jar Binks initially. I got a little bit better, but it's it's embarrassing. Like I'll go out onto my deck and just talk and try doing accents and I look up videos and stuff. I'm getting I mean, I'll get there eventually through hard work, but auditory learning is just not a positive of mine but i feel like it's necessary for me to give life to some of these npcs in an audio podcast so it's something i do want to get better about consistency with the characters will really help give them life in my opinion but maybe i should start more in in this next arc i'm i i've toned it down where it's less about accents and more about things that just feel natural for me to say like talking talking like this for a fish folk might not i can be consistent with that at the very least so I kind of want to talk about story. Like I, I really liked the question when you were asking about the whole Leviathan thing. So in episode one, like going to what you guys thought and what your expecting expectations were and how it changed. Did that excite you guys at the end of that first episode for how mysterious things were? Or was it just kind of so shocking that you're like, I, 
I need to see where this goes. I mean, if I'm being honest, we were already confused about what the nightlights were because <laughs> clearly we couldn't get an understanding of, who, of what they were and where they're from. Um, so being thrown onto the beach in the middle of nowhere was kind of par for the course. Oh, were you guys not doing a bit? Like as players, you also were confused about what the term was, nightlights? I'm just curious. No, I mean, as like people, like as Ryan, Justin, and uh, Nick, I'm pretty sure we understood. Like, oh, okay. We talked about it enough, <laughs> but like in character, it was very confusing. And I imagine that's probably what was on our minds oh, yeah. when we went to sleep. And then we wake up and it's like, okay, now we're randomly on a beach. Like that to me was like par for the course of like, this makes sense because it doesn't make sense. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Like every journey starts with a silent K. There you go. Yeah. So like the same thing with old man. I and did Tim. feel like I was a little bit stupid for not picking up on the whole we're in the past thing earlier. <laughs> I feel well, like some of our audience members are probably going to pick up on that before yeah, I did. You might be right. <laughs> right. And it's going to make you feel like, damn, dude, like I'm, I'm actually playing this shit. Like I should have seen that a long time ago. Shoot like, us a tweet fuck? with when you figure it out. We'll try and reply. I think it was back when he introduced old man time, but called him Tim because time is like, you know, he would have the power damn. over time. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking about seasoning. Like what? You know, oh, draw oh I, got you. I got parsley. Time. <laughs> Parsley. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's how his name's spelled. He's a cook too. Uh, at least oh, when shit. I came up with him. But I mean, those are little things. Like, there's so much I write that I'm not going to include unless it somehow comes up. Like, you naturally are in the kitchen with baby time later. So, what was the first oh shit moment for you guys? Um, like bad oh shit or good oh shit? Like both. Like the moment where it kind of you know because we're playing like and you can do the same with zombie high school where did it change from a zombie high school campaign to hey we're telling a story here i think it's when we found out we were in the past yeah i believe hmm. that's Maybe, that's probably when it started no i will so kind of that's literally when it started mind. yeah that's when it started but i definitely think like shit really hit the fan when melaje killed sarah that's <laughs> like, true at too. that point that's true like, too because coming from his character like it was just so unexpected like you know um, and nobody had any idea what was going on there. So I, I agree. Yeah, I we think had no idea what was happening. Yeah, I think it started with, and we still don't know, you know, in character, we still don't really know what's going on. Um, I think it started definitely when we found out we were in the past and then like uh, killing Sarah was definitely like, oh shit, like we're telling like a really like, st- like a good story here. Like, you know, we've got the last and stuff, but we'd also, we've yeah. also got some drama and some things that we've got to deal with and, and come to terms with. Did you feel a lot of pressure with. in the role play after that with Redbeard and them? Like, uh, how are we going to handle this? Or did it feel like, like basically what was going through your minds as characters and players trying to act that out? I felt like you guys seemed very uh, stressed, but in a good way. So I felt stressed as fuck. It's no essential. <laughs> not only did we have to deal with what is essentially now a homicide, we got to figure out if we're going to cover that up yeah. or tell the truth. But I, that's not the part that I was too stressed about. The part that I was really stressed about was like, okay, I've now got this kind of wild card in my party. I don't know what the fuck this kid's going to do. Clearly, he doesn't know what's going on. How do we break the news to him that he killed someone? Like, how is this going to go? Like, it, I just, I felt like I just took on a lot more responsibility at that point that yeah. I was not prepared. Yeah, I, think, an adult, I think that like, showed <laughs> definitely. Yeah, like, I you even could had definitely tell you took on the responsibility. Why do you say that? No, oh, I was just because 
Because for me, it felt like after that moment, you almost kind of semi-stepped into like a fatherly like figure role for Milaje. Um, Like I could tell that as a person. I don't think Milaje has necessarily picked up on that yet himself. Um, But Mm -hmm. you definitely started to take more responsibility of like looking out for the kid. And I like I appreciated that from like my perspective. And I think Milaje eventually when he realizes that will appreciate it, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's cool that you noticed that because that was done very deliberately. Yeah, because of something in Roll's past that has not come up yeah. yet. Ooh, <laughs> spoiler alert: <laughs> the, the, the party doesn't know about We're either. We're deep yeah. here, bro. I really <laughs> like that players we can we can reveal because that moment when you guys felt like you're you learned you're in the past, right? That was something in session, you know, that was a surprise to you, and it became out organically and made it really fun. So I think having some of these secrets for backstories, I can say as someone that has an overarching view, it's so wild to me how everything is playing out perfectly into your character. Like that, it does it. It's not by magic. It's because you guys have gotten really good at role playing. You've gotten into your characters, into the story. And as a DM, that's all I can ask for. Um, there's there's a lot that's we've gotten a lot from Alaje, but each the two other characters that are more secretive and not as open as Melage have little bits coming out that are just going to, I think steamroll later on and carry the story. Um, it's, it's all coming together. We're setting and, up a lot, a lot of like arcs and different, yeah. and different stories to tell. It's awesome, man. Yeah. I even wrote how characters change. That was something I wrote. Like the very first episode role was very uncomfortable with touching and hugging and, you know, like he he pat Connie on the head and walked on, just breezed by or walked on the ship. And some of that still stays. But then getting thrown in the situation, finding out that he's with a child, essentially a younger kid. Um, I mean, he's a warrior, but he was a kid on the beach. And then versus too, being like, shit, what are we going to do? We have to babysit. And that kid goes and burns the only refugee of this pirate ship. <laughs> you know, like immediately, you know, <laughs> Roll kind of reacted and was like, try defuse the situation was calm and i think from that moment forward it just kind of steamrolled into a semi-leadership role where versus has been carrying i feel like the is has acted kind of like the bridge if that makes any sense between the two in his own way you know you've introduced them to the dick realm or was it the, shit, the, the feces the, realm? Yeah, the yeah, feces the realm. Feces-ification. Yeah. Maybe both. Maybe there's dicks and shit. Who knows? Maybe there's dicks and shit. Whatever it is, it's terrible in there. We don't want to spend much time. Yeah. But no, what's what's cool, I think, about so Versus and I are playing our, our cards close to the chest. I don't know what Versus' mm-hmm. backstory is, and I don't know why he's doing that. But what's cool about Roll's backstory is it's going to tie in to the bigger mm-hmm. arc, not only of our story, but also the bigger theme of who we are as a group. And like why we're here doing yeah. this podcast, like it it's gonna go that deep. And I'm, oh, shit. I'm oh. excited for us to get to that point, but I'm also trying not to rush it either. I have it planned where it could be it could be six arcs or it could be twenty. I mean, I'm not twenty's a little bit twenty is an exaggeration, but oh. I mean maybe. Mark my I words. Think it's here. Awesome we say that it's 20 and then like it I, I think dude, like Scott, like you've told us like so much that you've thought through and like with these characters and what you want to do with this world building like there's so many different stories to tell yep i think it will last as long as it needs to right yeah Yeah, like we'll feel that like it's not like we're not it's not like you know you need to put a hard stop at it we'll feel it 
And it's one of those things where right now, dude, like we're wide open. Like I'm yeah. really fucking excited about we're it. If just you really want to go, if you want to do 10, 15 arcs, then I mean, the way I'm feeling right now, like, dude, I, I can get some story. You got some story. I got some story. We got some story. You know what I'm saying? These next arcs, I think, are to be more fun because you've got a grasp on your characters where you kind of want to go. And I've set, I'm setting the stage for a fun city for you guys to almost play around when as f- weird as that sounds. But um, I, I think it's going to be fun. I'm definitely getting a tailor. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah, exactly. At this point. It, you got the freedom for it. You wouldn't be able to say that in the past where I've controlled like there's very few NPCs and stuff like that. I, I really liked how uh, I, this is just me personally. I like how things played out with the die roll game. Yeah, that was awesome. I thought you, that was pretty cool. You guys like that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, roll in versus definitely saved us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. We fucking carried Because I was like, we what, negative 15? <laughs> yeah, bro. You was done. I was like, shit, man. I, mean, yeah. hey, so, I played my character well, though. I did. I think the next biggest moment for us was I, I was really excited for it, and I'm glad it landed. The next, like, oh, fuck, was the, the dragon moment. Obviously, the parlay was really big. But for me as a storyteller, I felt like that was the the most reaction I've gotten out of you guys, like leading you one way and then being like, oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you hit the nail right on the head. Like, it was very surprising for me. And I think it was like it was an oh, shit moment because I think all of us were like, fuck, we're going to have to fight a damn dragon. Like, and we were, we just weren't prepared and we didn't end up having to fight it. But I thought it was a pretty cool moment to see us kind of react. Mm hmm. I, I definitely agree. And it helped me set up. So the whole part of this, and this is kind of leading me to the final like teaser. You uh, you in the moment were like, dragons? I mean, I know it's Dungeons and Dragons, but fucking dragons already? You know, to me, what makes a world exist, a universe like feel like it's not just some contained adventure, is there's threats out there that you guys can't handle right now. That's just realistic. Like you're starting off on your journey. And I think this is a good example to show different power levels. Like there's no way in the end of it you could have fought Tark without having assistance for others at this point. You know, like that yeah, just agree. And, and but it also wouldn't make sense to do something epic like fight a dragon or at least be in the presence of a dragon. Those adventures happen because you get yourselves in this shit and you're starting to level up things you'll be able to hold and control but it kind of sets the tone for me in the next arc now you know what kind of things you're up against like that those things exist now and specifically the the trident of Fital is going to be a very big centerpiece for this next arc that you all know and maybe the people in the present don't really fully understand its threat and capability so i think it gave it was my way of giving you guys a lot more power for the very first arc or, or for the first present arc uh, for your characters as nightlights. So. And I think to add to that point, I'm interested to see how you weave in things because we were in the past yep. and yep. we technically changed yep. the past. And I'm interested to see how you weave in things that we did into the story. And it doesn't have to any, be anything grand, no. but like, you know, just subtle little things um, that like remind us of like, oh shit, like we lived that. We were a part of that. It, so. it, we, we talked beforehand where like, uh, I don't want to reveal more to JT than I do to you guys because 
it just makes it fun to me. Like I, I want JT to have just as much surprise, like the dragon moment. If I, I had to bite my tongue, but I did discuss prior to this podcast because me and him formed this company first, the Nerds by Nature, and then brought Nick and Ryan on as equals to do this podcast, right? But prior, when we were talking about the story, I really did want to do this time thing. And I know JT was hesitant at first, and it's still like, we'll see how it plays out because it could be very overwhelming at the start. But the reason I wanted to do it at the very beginning is because now we haven't, as players, canonically established what the present was before you changed it, right? Mm. So now, you guys, it gives us the freedom. I don't have to rewrite things and try to act like fudge them in now it'll feel organic that you guys are going fresh into rockport not knowing what it was like before because it is what it is now because of you i gotta put that in my compendium mind blown so i think it'll work out a lot better you'll be like wait why is so it's it feels very natural for connie to talk about you know the great Redbeard. but did she know who that was beforehand but more than anything i'm really excited for you guys to begin the nightlight adventure officially so this was our first episode of Lights Out. I appreciate you guys for listening this long. It's been uh, a, a hell of an adventure so far, but this is the tip of the iceberg. You know, we finally have started the adventure, and uh, I look forward to seeing where it goes from here. Say bye, guys. Bye, bye everybody. Peace, motherfuckers. City's foul mouth, money spinning, motherfucking '90s kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our theme song is 90s Kids by Kid Quill, as well as Crunk Night by Kevin McLeod. Matt Andrews did the amazing cover art for our show, so please go check him out at mandraws.com. Also, join us at patreon.com slash the KLP to get access to all of our other content, like our behind-the-scenes show Backstage Banter, Melage's Compendium, our weekly team streams, and lots more. Speaking of, we also want to thank all of you that already support us at Patreon. Our Knights of Light, Robert, Fran, and Jessica. Our Junior Knights, Ben, Alexis, Bush did 9-11, and Sarah. And finally, all of our proud pawns. I, I know I say this every week, but you all make everything we do possible with all your boundless generosity. Yo, here at the Nightlight Podcast, just so you know, we are for the mature listeners. So if you don't like us, you can get out. But I hope you like us, you know, and I hope you give us a listen. I hope you share this with your buddies, your friends, your pen pals, if that's still a thing. But hey, we would love for you to enjoy our content, to continue to enjoy our content. But just make sure your ears are ready for it, okay? Because we are raw. We live rough. We ain't for them kids. Fuck them kids. We out.